0: Welcome to the show. Uh, Craig Groeschel is uh, a New York Times best-selling author, and he just came out with a book uh, called Hope in the Dark, Believing God is Good When Life is Not. And I think that's something that we hear all too often from people when life's circumstances start to go a little south. They wonder where God is in all of this, and that's usually um, an issue and concern. And so Craig has addressed this book, and he's joined, joined me on the uh, show today. Hello, Craig.
1: Bill, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. You.
0: I, I so appreciate uh, your work, and and it does. It seems like when you're in a difficult situation and you turn to God, you wonder if He He if He's good and He can be trusted.
1: Right. Yeah. That's one of the you know more common questions I get asked as a pastor is is you know why in the world would God allow this to happen or if you know, if I know He could do something and believe He's going to why doesn't He and so that's. Uh, um, that's you know, hopefully what the book will do is kind of speak into the lives of people that have real questions. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm telling people real directly. This book is not for everybody. If if your life is good right now and everything's up and to the right, this this one's not for you. This is for people that are hurting or um, really facing. A crisis of doubt or or questions before God. And and, um, thankfully, I think it's it's helping some people.
0: Well, we all know hurt is not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And you you got me right out of the gates in chapter one talking about uh, a friend uh, who had a baby and life was exciting. And then uh, the husband said, "Eh, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And then it got worse from there and you go from a place of such vitality and confidence to god where are you in all this
1: right yeah unfortunately that's kind of the way life can be for um a lot of people is is it you know it can be really good one moment and you're you know a phone call or a, a bad decision um away from you know even someone else making a bad decision from your life kind of falling apart and um that's, you know, a little bit, Bill, the, the story behind the book was um, when one of the ladies in my office lost a child, and uh, I went and and tried to write something that would be comforting to her family when she took a week off and just started writing and really couldn't stop and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and, wrote and uh, ended up giving her the, he kind of turned into a, a document um, of hoping to comfort her, and, it, and I think it did comfort her, she said it really did. and. many ways she said it helped keep her from losing faith that you know why would god allow that to happen and and then i put that document aside for literally years and forgot about it and then um when my daughter uh, my second daughter mandy got sick and um it hasn't recovered with you know some real significant issues i actually picked that document back up and read it and it was um you know really hard to imagine that the words i'd written for someone else really comforted me and my family and so that was that was the basis of what became the book "Hope in the Dark," um, and really trying to speak to people in the middle of the most broken times in their life, and, and try to bring some comfort that God can be with them in the middle of pain, even when they're doubting and don't understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Craig, are you? Um, can you talk about your daughter?
1: I can. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, her, her name is Mandy, and uh, she's—I've got six children. Mandy's my second daughter. She's 22, and. Um, she got married a little over two years ago when she was 20, um, and she got mono right the week before she got married, and so we we were, you know, pretty disappointed for her. She was totally healthy, but she never ever recovered from it, and so we've been, you know, all over the country with different doctors, and we kind of have some diagnoses, you know, different. You know, they call it fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome, and then lots of other complications, but. She's just, um, she obviously can't work, and uh, if if she goes out for like, you know, for a while she couldn't go anywhere. Now she's a little better. She can go to church for an hour and then might spend the next day in bed kind of recovering. And so it's just really painful, um, constantly battling, and um, it's been a, such a tough season. You know, and I think any parent knows you'd trade places with your kid in a, in a heartbeat if if you could, and so... Just trying to find answers, trying to find a cure, trying to find ways to bring comfort. Um, We've hit a lot of dead ends. and um, So I wrote the book kind of in the middle of that, and that's why it's so raw, because I was in the middle. Honestly, I thought um, when an author writes a book, you typically turn it in a year before it comes out. And so I planned on putting an appendix in there later kind of telling the happy ending of here's how she's doing better. And there's that, that appendix doesn't exist. She's still struggling. Um, and you know, that's unfortunately where so many people live. Um, and so that's really not only am I living in that situation and finding some comfort in the middle of the pain, but I'm hoping the book will do the same thing for other people that are in, um, the hitting the wall, um, Having doubts, having struggles, crying out, not understanding.
0: You know, Craig, it raises my next question, uh, which is probably a question a lot of listeners have right now: is, "Hey, God, why aren't you doing something about this?"
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not for lack I, yeah. of
0: prayer. I, I would imagine between your family and your church community that have been praying for Mandy. Yeah. I mean, it goes; it doesn't end.
1: Yeah, and and I you know I don't have an answer for that. I, I and so many people that I talk to are in similar situations. You know why doesn't God bring my husband back to my family, or why why can't I get a job with benefits? Why won't God why doesn't God take my depression away? You know the the questions go on and on. And um, the book bills actually is based kind of loosely off the book of Habakkuk. Uh, you know a lot of people don't know a lot about that the Old Testament minor prophet, but. It's a it's such a rich book, and he, he, you know, most prophets speak to the people on behalf of God. He, he does the opposite. He goes and speaks to God on behalf of the people, and he essentially asks the very same questions so many of us ask when we're hurting, which is what you just asked: Why, God, when I know You can and I'm believing You will, why don't You? And uh, I, you may remember years ago, Henry Blackaby wrote um, *Experiencing God*. He had a phrase in there, he he talks about having a crisis of belief. And that's where so many of us end up where we just, we really aren't sure. We're we're wondering where God is. And the powerful thing about the little book of Habakkuk, just his name alone is so comforting to me. His name really illustrates what he did and that his name means to to both wrestle and to embrace. And, you know, I'm hoping the book kind of gives... Gives people permission to both wrestle with God, to question Him, to you know ask why, but at the same time embrace Him and say, I may not understand, I may not like this, I may be hurt right now, I'm disappointed, angry, whatever, but I'm I'm, rather than walking away and quitting, I'm going to continue to embrace. And that's what's it's beautiful to watch Habakkuk evolve in his faith from chapter one to through the end of the, the little book of the Bible. Um, as he embraces, even in the middle of his pain and questions.
0: Craig, um, maybe, maybe I'm not going to ask this question well, but do we have an American westernized narrative about what it means to be a Christian and what we expect? And, uh, boy, we're going to church and we're believers and we're praying and we're doing a lot of good things. We're doing a lot of things well and right. Therefore, I think that there should be a certain level of blessings in my life and not a lot of hardship. Is that a narrative that exists?
1: I think you asked the question well, and I think the answer is yes. I think we do have a Western or American view of God that um, almost like God owes us if we're doing the right things. And I, I don't think that's a global view because I think there are other parts of the world where to be a follower of Jesus it's kind of known up front, you're probably going to suffer, you're going to be persecuted. And we you know, we see that teaching in Scripture, but uh, I think we, we often don't believe it. In fact, I'm, I'm teaching on um, this book to our church right now, and the way I've described it, it really hit a lot of people. I think I, I told them this is not a sitcom sermon. What's a sitcom sermon? Most of my sermons, most sermons I hear are sitcom sermons. You, you watch a sitcom, things start fine, there's tension, there's drama, whatever but most issues are resolved within 30 minutes or less, including commercial breaks. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's the way I preach most sermons, which is, you know, here's the need, God meets the need, here's the happy ending. And this one, you know, like, literally I ended the messages, which, you know, at the end of chapter one, Habakkuk still has questions, and there's not a single answer, period. And then I end awkwardly. And the church is like, just not used to that. And <laughs> I, I was I was shocked at... How much that actually ministered to people, because that's you know that's where you know probably there's some some circumstance in your life right now which is like that. It's not resolved, you know, and it, God may bring resolution, uh, He may not, and that's the beauty of Habakkuk is it, it actually God never brings the resolution Habakkuk wants, but by the third chapter, He's He is embracing God not for what God did or didn't do, but simply for who God is. And that's, that's where our family is with Mandy right now is, you know, we're, we're disappointed. We want more. We want something different. We're believing for something different. We're praying. We still have faith, but it hadn't changed. And and ultimately, if it doesn't ever change, we're still going to seek to cling on to him and, and call him good.
0: Mm-hmm. Craig Rochelle is my guest. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and he is the past senior pastor of Life Church. And he's written a book called Hope in the Dark Believing God is Good When Life Is Not. We'll take a very short break and be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the show. My guest is uh, Craig Rochelle. He is the senior pastor at uh, uh, Life Church, and he's written a book called Hope in the Dark Believing God. God is good when life is not. And, Craig, right before the break, we were talking about maybe expectations people have or the narrative people have. And um, I I think of my own life experience, and I don't share this on air very often, but I feel like I'm prompted to do this right now because I've been going through uh, some of my mother's things. She just passed away in January. And my mom, at age 52, had been widowed three times. And um, I I, I look at... uh, you know notes that she wrote to herself uh, as i pull it out of her bible and all all she has are these notes that talk about the contentment she has and how god is going to be handling all of her problems and and to to, to be joyful in all circumstances and i think to myself okay she she understood the power of the gospel regardless of whatever circumstances she had and she modeled it so i, I always i always feel uh, i feel very equipped in life, to be able to look at life circumstances and go, ha, all right, God's still faithful and he's still good and I trust him.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. And I think, you know, if she, if she could, you know, if we could ask her questions right now, your mom would probably, you know, talk about just how the the trials may have, you know, she may have bottomed out and had questions, but on the other side of it, you know, that's where she got the really strong faith. And that's, that's kind of what my daughter Mandy told me. She said, um, through tears, she said, "Dad, you know, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want anybody to go through what I've gone through, and I wouldn't ever want to go through this again." She said, "But I wouldn't change it because it's taught me to trust in Jesus in ways that I I couldn't otherwise." And uh, that's that's really what you know, I'm hoping that people who read the book will 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 feel. As you track Habakkuk chapter one, he's wondering, "Where are you, God?" Chapter two, he's waiting. You know, what are you going to do? Chapter three. He ends up, even though nothing's changed, he's embracing. And, and the book close, closes with him saying, basically, God takes me to new heights. Um, a Loose translation of that to me would mean, you know, on the other side of the doubts and the questions, we actually could have more intimacy, more trust, more faith, more assurance in his goodness. And um, it sounds a little bit like that's what your mom may have experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Craig, when you have a lot of crisis in life or difficult circumstances, and there's so much noise in your head, because there always is. How do you listen for, listen to God or listen for God in those moments?
1: That can be really tough to do. And that's interestingly enough, in chapter 2, that's what Habakkuk does. The first thing he does, he doesn't run from God, but he, it, the very first part of chapter 2 says he stations himself on the ramparts. In other words, he, he gets up to a high point to, to watch for what God's doing, and then he says, I'm going to listen to what God will say to me. I, I think that's a good example of what we need to do, which is, kind of posture ourselves to hear from God, which means, uh, you know, like what the psalmist says, you know, be still and know that I'm God. In our fast-paced, um, always connected, always plugged-in world, it really is hard to hear from God. One of the things I try to help, you know, the people in our church recognize is that God is a God who speaks, just starting there and acknowledging that, and then helping them see he speaks in so many different ways. Um, his word is the most reliable way to hear from him. And so I want to be... I want to be feeding on His Word every single day. I want to be in it. I want to know it. That will speak to me. I believe He can speak spiritually. Just so He can give us an impression. His Spirit can speak to our Spirit. He can speak through people. You know, you you might say something every day on the radio that, or in a podcast or whatever format, that someone says, "Oh my gosh, God was speaking to me through Bill." He can speak through circumstances. Um, he can speak through a song. Just having having a heightened awareness all the time that God wants to communicate his goodness to us, his will, his nature. Um and and then, you know, like Habakkuk did posture yourself to hear from Him. So what I'll do is first thing in the morning is just set aside a few moments to listen in His Word. Um I'll talk to Him in prayer, but part of prayer is not talking and just sit there and listen. And then right after Habakkuk says I'll listen, then God says to him, Write down the revelation I I love to journal just a little bit every day of what I feel like God is showing me because it's interesting. I I believe God will give us stuff, but our our enemy wants to take from us what God gives to us, and so let's record it he he wrote. And then then when we hear from him and write it down, it it just makes it a little more concrete. This is what I believe God has shown me in his word or or however, and I'm going to hang on to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Craig, I think a lot of people – maybe I'm speaking from my own personal experience – um, are kind of all or nothing, black or white, on or off. And when we deal with sorrow in difficult circumstances, how do we then also try to hold joy in our head at the same time? Can you have sorrow and joy in your head at the same time?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you totally can. I think you first have to acknowledge you can. You know, how do you, how do you rejoice in suffering? <laughs> you know, right. how do you count it, all, count it all joy whenever you face trials? Well, those I think, you know, we're basically told we can do both those things. And it might, it might seem a little bit difficult early on, but I think that the the longer we walk with God, it's kind of like this. The, the more I see his faithfulness in my past, the more I trust his faithfulness for today. And so that's literally what we're trying to do with you know, with our daughter is, is we are thanking him ahead of time for an answer we don't yet have. We're rejoicing in it. We we recognize he's still good in it. He's He's going to He's working in it. He's working in us. He's conforming us to the image of Christ. And so, yes, you know, Scripture tells us rejoice in sufferings. Consider it joy when you face trials. Um, It sounds crazy, but, you know, losing three husbands and still having peace and contentment isn't natural. It's it's supernatural. something only God can do. Right.
0: So is it healthy to be questioning the things that we're struggling with?
1: You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell someone that doesn't have questions, "Hey, let's go try to dig up some doubts." <laughs> but I, I do think, I do think in like in the church world I grew up in, I felt ashamed if I had questions or doubts. And when I look at Scripture, I see the opposite. I see, I see a book called Lamentations that's just crying out to God. I see Habakkuk, who is a prophet, who is really wrestling, not understanding God. I see Job asking God. I, I see Jesus even, you know, on the cross saying, why did you turn away? Why have you forsaken me? And so I think that not only does God understand our doubts, but I honestly think he, he welcomes them. You know, I I read in the Psalms about, you know, faithful people that love God, that cried out and even would yell at God. I, I honestly think God would rather have us yell at him or question him than to walk away from him. I'm a little bit like you talked about. I'm kind of a I've, I've always been all-in, all-out, mm-hmm. and in, in earlier years, I felt more like walking away from God because I didn't understand him. At this point, I want to have the integrity to go ahead and ask the questions and, and the sincerity to wrestle with doubts, but not walk away from him, but instead press into him and come to him with my questions. I think he can handle them. He's a big enough God. He, he, I think he welcomes our, our, our doubts, and on the other side of it, which I think we truly can have even a closer and richer intimacy with Him. One time, I was in a, another country, a developing nation, and there was a lady that um, she, I think she'd lost three children. She lived in extraordinary poverty, as you know, as bad as I'd seen. And the guy there asked me to pray for her, and I just I didn't have the faith. I didn't I couldn't see any way out. And um, he started praying for her instead, and he prayed for heaven. And he said, you know, when you when you just have nothing on earth, you always have the hope of heaven. And that struck me. I just I never will forget that, that even in the worst situation in, in the world, we still have the hope of heaven. Um, most people who are listening to this right now, we have so much more hope. We've got hope of people around us. We've got hope of good churches. We've got, um, you know, we've got hope in great doctors. We've got hope in the presence of God who can work in and through all things. And, um so even even in those really dark times, I want to just try to remind myself we we do have we have hope in a great God, and ultimately we have hope in um, his eternal presence in heaven
0: Craig, it's really been nice uh, having you on the show. Thank you so much for uh, the interview and also thank you for writing the book it's It's a great book
1: yeah hey, thank you so much It means a lot that um, that you, you take time to have me on the show.
0: No my pleasure. Craig uh, Grochelle has been my my guest. Hope in the dark is the name of his book. Believing God is good when life is not. We'll take a short break and be back with more in just a minute.